and thank you for joining us on our program, Critically Speaking. I'm Cindy Mercer, and we are joined here with Jim Hammer, author of the book, Victory Over a Critical Spirit. Welcome, Jim. Well, thank you, Cindy, and it's nice to be with you. Jim, we have been talking about a point. Uh, it was a time when you were head elder, and uh, your church basically had to declare a moratorium on this critical spirit. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, this was uh, right after I stepped back from being the lay pastor of the church, and we had a nice young pastor that um, the Lord sent, and we worked very harmoniously together. At one of our meetings, we uh, discussing what we experienced in the past because of a critical spirit. So there was a policy that we made and voted on and passed that we will no longer engage in, listen to, or respond to a critical or negative or a gossiping spirit. And it was passed unanimously, and that's been probably a half a dozen years now. So what was the result of that once you declared this moratorium and you had your people on board and you're got, we're not going to do this. We're, we're going to choose to eliminate the, the remarks, the any criticizing spirit. So what happened as a result of that? Well, let me, let me just uh, add one thing here. One person asked me, how are we going to implement this? And, and although it did crop up twice by the same person, we just never responded to it. And the, the thought just died. So that's how we basically uh, handled that. But uh, once we decided to make that policy and that decision, the Lord started sending people to our church. He knew mm-hmm. he could trust us with his people, that we mm-hmm. would just uh, love them, that we would accept them like they are. And they just started coming. And we just praise God. You know, if we don't get a visitor, I would say every two, three weeks for sure, I start looking at myself. You know, am I doing something mm-hmm. and hindering the Lord's work that he can't Amen. send anybody? And um, and when I go to church that, that uh, Sabbath, there is somebody, uh, a new person just uh, coming to visit. So I just, uh, you know, I know everything is in the Lord's hands. And he can trust us with his children. Amen. Speaking of our children, Jim, how does this critical spirit affect our children? Is there a danger in that? I have such a burden for our young people. And I'm talking about from little on. You know, and we start learning right away as, as young people. And our minds absorb faster and everything. But uh, there's a, a great danger. We pass on our negativity. We pass on our... And not only pass it on, uh, like I've said in other episodes, we get this. It's our natural tendency to be critical and negative. We get it right from the enemy himself. But when we exhibit this type of, uh, of spirit in our homes, one thing the children think it's okay then. Uh, it just enhances their or encourages them to want to be critical. They want to be like mom and dad or big brother or sister. Uh, so, you know, they just engage in this critical spirit themselves. And we are doing such a disservice to our children uh, that it's, and, and right in our very homes, we are driving them into the enemy's hands and we don't even realize it. Well, you, you, may, you bring up a good point here in your book and we don't even think about it because 
we we get preoccupied, obviously, with this whole thing of a critical spirit. We're on the phone talking to a friend or, you know, making the negative comment. And what's what's happening right there? Our children around us just absorbing it like a sponge. Yeah, we don't we don't even know what's going through their minds. I mean, they may be playing a game and doing whatever, but they're hearing. And the worst part of it, they only hear half of the conversation. The uh-huh. person on the Good other point. end of uh, the line might be saying, you know, we really shouldn't be dis- discussing things like this. But they don't hear any positive comment. They hear all the negativity and the critical mm-hmm. comments. And then, you know, if they're talking about a church member or a pastor, you know, when they go to church, they see us as parents embrace our pastor, embrace the person we just got finished talking about during a week. And, you know, what confusion is going on in the child's mind? that uh, they were talking about this person and they weren't talking very nice about this person all week long, and now they're hugging them like a long-lost brother. Then we wonder why our children are losing interest in spiritual things. They see us one way at home and then another way at church. At a time in, in history where our goal is to be preparing our children for eternity with Jesus, and sadly, when that attitude of the enemy comes in, we're, we're just doing a disservice again to our children. You bring up in your book um, the scripture from Galatians 5.15. If you bite and devour one another, beware lest you are consumed by one another. And isn't that in essence what we're doing? Yes. And, you know, I um, had a couple from our church decided they were going to follow the direction of uh, members that had left. They started their own little group. And they were very, very critical people, um, the ones that started this other group, criticized everything. So this couple decided they were going to go and join up with them. And before they left, I didn't discourage them. I said, I just want you to watch. And, and you will see, once they can't find somebody outside the church to criticize, they'll start criticizing each other. Well, they came back about six months later and said, you know, Jim, the exact thing that you told us about happened. And and that's what eats us up when we start criticizing and continue to criticize that eventually when you can't find something to criticize about, you'll start criticizing those closest to you. And And that's what we have to be very, very careful of. And even with our children. You know, how many times have we criticized our children instead of lovingly and uh, tenderly taught them? And, and you know, and, and a child is always in a, te- uh, a learning mode. So, you know, we had the opportunity, and I failed miserably. Instead of teaching my children, I criticized them and, and tried to head them in, in the direction I thought they should go instead of lovingly and tenderly teach them. Well, there's a simple concept that we are presented with in the Word of God, and yet myself and many others can find ourselves falling short because, you know, we're told to love one another as Jesus does. How do we miss that, Jim? I think it goes back to our own pride, you know, and and we think we love them. You know, I thought I loved my children, and I know I loved my children, but I was not loving them. You know, just encouraging them and and showing them through the tenderness that I could have shared with them. Instead, I was um, vocal about 
what they should be doing, how they should be doing, where they should be doing it, and, and so on, instead of just training them. Like I said earlier, I cringe at some of the things that I have said or uh, how I responded to my, my children. And I'm glad we have a, a forgiving, saving God, and I'm glad I could turn my children over to the Lord. And and this was the things I just expressed were things that happened before I was a Christian. Uh, after I became a Christian, my whole train of thought changed. But um, before I became a Christian, and my, my oldest child then was 16, and my youngest one was 9. So I had to basically give my whole family to the Lord because I failed as a parent. But the Lord, no doubt in my mind anymore, is doing everything he can to get him into eternity. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there's there's been a many a person, a child, a, an adult, that their spirit's just been crushed under just our intention to, we think we were going to lift them up and build them up. And before we knew it, we were sitting there just crushing them with our, with our critical words, thinking we were again, trying to line them out and correct them. And um, we found that that has just been, it's just been a detriment to our children. Jim, I want to, I want to move forward because I'm looking I'm looking here and I'm thinking about all of these these things that can be very serious, the hatred, the contention, and all of these things. And what what does Paul what does Paul say about those things? These are some serious issues, these works of the flesh. Yes, and that's in Galatians 5:19 to 23 that uh, you know these works of the flesh and it mentions uh, I don't know how many 10 12 of them. And we can either reap the spirit of the enemy and the the murders and the strife and the the contentions and all that if we want to, um, you know, adultery. He mentions all of these things that are the works of the flesh. But I'm I'm thankful, you know, that Paul, as a matter of fact, it ends up with, I think, verse 21, that none of these will enter the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes on to give us the fruit of the spirit. And I'm thankful that he takes us out of that negative place and then gives us hope and encouragement that here's the fruit of the spirit here's what uh, you, who you have to represent here's who you have to be like and these and you can tell and judge by your own self just by looking at the fruit of the spirit am i allowing the lord to change me into what the fruit of the spirit is describing you know there's a an old saying and i'm sure we're all familiar with it it says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a total wow. fallacy. <laughs> you know, I'm sure we can all look back and, and see when, what people have said to us in the past, even as little kids, how it affected us, and still affecting us even today, or, or at least it, we think about it. You know, why did that person say that, or, or am I really like that? I just want to share one story about my son, David. Our youngest son, he, uh, we were having a board meeting, and uh, it was, and this was, I'm going back now into another church that I was attending when it was a very heated and, and critical church, that um, we were having a board meeting, and it was very heated, and we were in the basement, and unbeknown to us, my son and his friend were sitting on the stairs coming down to the basement. And when they heard our discussion and how we were, you know, at each other's throat, 
The uh, friend of my son says, nice church, huh? And when my son shared that with me after the meeting, you know, it, and, and I'm going back 20 years, that left a lasting impression on my mind. How, what effect are we having on our children? And we have, should be so protective of them, especially in our homes. When our child or our spouses come home, uh, it should be a safe place, a place that they look forward to coming. And I was just talking to my daughter-in-law, and she asked her how my son was doing because he's struggling spiritually. And so she's actually the spiritual leader of the family. And she said, Dad, you know, he just, you know, he started praying for meals and that. But she said, you know, he just shared with me today that he looks forward to coming home. And that's how we should be. You know, we should, our homes should be such a taste of heaven that we should look forward to going there and get away from uh, everything else that's happening outside. Amen. Jim, you're not going to believe we have quickly ran out of time again. I want to thank you for joining us on our program, Critically Speaking. I'm your host, Cindy Mercer, and we look forward to welcoming back Jim Hammer. God bless and have a great day. If you would like more information about Critically Speaking, contact Free Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. 